Are you ready to go? I, I, I'm ready to go right now, just like John Legend. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast to coast, we proudly present For Your Infilmation with Zach and John. Officer O'Clancy, take care of this toxic waste. Welcome to For Your Inflammation, a podcast for good movies, better cocktails, and best friends. We are your hosts, John. And Zach. A special month it is, Zach. Uh, March Madness, you know, last week we covered a boy and his dog. Uh, how, how are you feeling after that? After you've had some time to reflect on such a strange movie for you? Um, I wouldn't even say that one was a strange movie for me. It, it had like a plot. It had some stuff happen. Some of it was weird. It was by <laughs> far not the weirdest movie I've ever seen, but it. I, I think that it's one that I'll always remember because it's one that's uh, important to you. And okay. so I want to I, I want to remember it. So what is the weirdest movie that you've seen so far? Oh, God. Um, I mean, there's several, like, avant-garde shit that I had to see for school, and I don't necessarily remember all of the, all of the names of them. Um, one that comes to mind in particular is uh, THX, which hmm. is George Lucas's first film before Stars, and it is pretty fucking out there. Like, it's, it's, it's a little weird. Like, if you haven't watched THX, I would, uh, I would definitely give that a shot. Um, you know, David Lynch movies are pretty weird. They're, but, you know, it's, it's to be expected. It's Dage. Mm-hmm. I, I would Not actually have to... No, uh, we'll get there. We'll, we'll do some David Lynch. I, I think I think you might be ready because some of it is just fucking out there, man. But other than that, like I mean, Meet the Feebles is weird. I've heard of this one. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that one on the podcast. It's it, I think it had I think you'll like it in particular. But anyway, um, as far as a boy and his dog, it, I still gotta say it's a solid five out of ten. I'm not I, I'm not particularly fond of it, but because you like it, I'll probably give it another shot at some. Okay, I mean I'm glad it, it's a standalone film you know there's no series there's no follow-on there's no sequel there's nothing to it so it's not a movie you gotta watch a bunch uh not like this week's movie which of course if you have not gleaned by the title is the toxic avenger from 1984 oh dear god yeah man honestly i this is where we're gonna move into the part where i just give you hell about how you haven't seen the toxic avenger yet because i even independent of me loving this type of movie um this is one of the best known movies of its class right this is a um this movie is uh bad Okay, it's... well, we'll we'll touch on this later. Like, what is bad? What is campy? What what qualifies as cult? We've touched on this before, but I think this is the best specimen for us to really dig into it on. Yeah, definitely. This has camp written all over it. Um, it it's in extremely poor taste. It's uh, just, yeah. It's just like a it it, it it needs to be seen to be believed. I, I knew that it was like this going in because I I am familiar with trauma. I. Uh, trauma film but i had never seen this and this was a lot like oh, even yeah. like even by like today's standards like this is pretty it, it's pretty rough it's, yeah. it's a pretty rough watch for most of the film after a minute you get used to it though i do have to say like it it, it does wear off a little bit for me at about like the 75 percent of the way through the movie because like it like you just get so used to the ridiculousness of the movie that it kind of just kind of peters out at the end for me interesting okay 
okay. I mean, I can see where you're coming from. And, you know, as we work our way through the movie, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about that. So you knew about it, but you didn't watch it. Why hadn't you seen it up until this point? It was always one of those things that was on my list of things to see. And I just never have. And I really have no excuse for not seeing this movie. Like, I was familiar with the plot. Like, I kind of knew what was going on in this movie. Uh-huh. However, had I... <laughs> Before I watched it, I did not, I, I truly did not expect what I got. Like, it was a lot cruder and a lot more, um, uh, pretty much everything is to the extreme in this movie. And yeah. I, I can't, I cannot begin to describe it to you. Like, I mean, if you could just think of, like, the most sexually perverse, the most, um, racially perverse. It's got its um, moments, yeah. The most, um, violently pervert- Like, this movie is disgusting. This movie is pretty much the equivalent of, like, going to your grandparents' house where they let their dog pee inside of the house. Oh, I love that. Isn't that great? Yeah, and, like, they don't clean it up, and it kind of smells like dog pee, but it also kind of smells like Febreze because they decided to get their shit together for a minute. Like, that's what this movie smells like. Like, I, I can just imagine this movie stinking to high hell. Like, it, it just- there's no way it can't. Yeah, no, I agree. It's definitely a dirty kind of movie, but it's a good kind of dirty. It's like a it's like a scruffy dog. Yeah, it's dirty. Yeah, it smells. But you know what? It's fun. I like it. Yeah, it, it is fun. It like especially if you're indulging. Like if you're just like I want to watch a movie that that just is going to purposefully offend every part of myself. Yeah. So knowing that, uh, let's talk about Troma for a minute. Um, kind of infamous. Uh, Troma Entertainment was founded in 1974. Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hers were the kind of the the minds the master minds behind it um mostly known for sex comedies sex exploitation films which was pretty common in the 70s right yeah it, it goes in with kind of what we were talking about last week with um you know grindhouse film it's all mostly like exploitation film and it definitely like sex comedies where like pretty much the entire point was just to uh be softcore porn <laughs> right yeah, in, 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 in most senses of the word. Now there there are some uh, prototype actual porn movies inside of this uh, exploitation genre, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, the Toxic Avenger was kind of their first success outside of this, and it really didn't venture that far. You know, uh, what is it? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? And this tree is disgusting, and the apples are kind of rotten. Right. And this is definitely like um, their most well known film. This is the one that kind of like broke out of the uh you know midnight movie circuit this th this uh and i think that has to a lot to do with home video absolutely uh trauma does not exist without home video and frankly i don't know how trauma existed for any period of time before home video was like pervasive and i don't even know how they managed to distribute it um that being said class of nukem high was kind of a like a cinematic universe type e exploration going into traumaville which is like the fictitious place that the toxic Avenger takes place inside of and um they build a world around it and it's really fascinating but also pretty gross it's like the garbage pail kids like from those trading cards back <laughs> in the day had a whole cinematic universe i you know what if everything else is getting a cinematic universe, why not the Garbage Pail Kids? Have they not, have they not, like, you know, died for our sins at this point? Uh, like, yeah, they die a lot. <laughs> they're, they're like Kenny from South Park. Like, everything they do is just them dying in a disgusting way. Exactly, and so, like, have they not suffered enough? Give them their own cinematic universe, you know, at least let them make some money before they are, uh, killed in torturous ways. Justice for GBC P, 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 C there's, there's an acronym there. I, I I'm not good at that. Let's not do that. Let's not go there. So, <laughs> <laughs> 
the mid-90s had a lot of their stuff going straight to DVD or VHS. Of course, the DVD coming in later in the 90s. And since then, they've actually used the internet as a forum for most of their content, which isn't really a surprise, I guess. A lot of places that do this type of thing have really found a home on the internet. And uh, it's right. just amazing to me that they were able to go from uh, like a studio in the 80s and even back into the 70s that was making films and getting by into the survival in the 90s when things start getting really commercial and then onto the internet where it's as commercial as you want or don't want. Right. As a matter of fact, I think most of their movies are... are viewable for free on YouTube. They are. They have a lot of YouTube content, and if you watch it, it is fucking weird. They do... Some of their movies do get weirder than this one does, unfortunately. Yeah, like Um, the reboot of the follow-on to Class of Nukem High. Have you seen the trailer for that? I have not. Oh, I'll send it to you this next week, and uh, we'll talk about it next week. It is fascinating. It is, um... I've watched another trauma movie before this, and it was uh, one that they produced and it's called Cannibal the Musical, and it was done by uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone of South Park. Yeah, I haven't seen this one, but I know about it. it it's um, it's definitely like a, a nice little date night movie, I guess. I don't know, it, depending on who your date is. That's, if your true. Date's, That's true. If your date's into watching this, marry her that night. Yeah, elope. This, this is the test. If they can handle this, then they can handle you. Exactly. That's a good, that's um, a good thing that you can use trauma for. Now, um, the Toxic Avenger lives in a world of toxic waste, but there's more than one way to ingest toxic waste, and I think it's high time that you give me that sweet, sweet cocktail recipe, Zach. Alrighty. So, uh, this one, <laughs> despite, uh, John hating these, uh, this is another stunt cocktail. Oh, man. It is, um, it's definitely going to be fun, and, um, you're gonna have a lot of fun with this one. This one is called Toxic Wasted. Alright, I like this. I like where this is going. Alright, so, I'm just gonna list the ingredients and see if you can guess where I'm going with this. Alright, so the first thing you're gonna need is jit, some sweet and sour mix, grenadine, lime juice, club soda, boba balls, and to top it all off, some dry ice. Ooh, okay. Uh-huh. I like where this is, yeah, no, I'm, I'm still interested. You, you've piqued my interest. Okay, so what this is going to do is make the cocktail bubble and smoke just like the toxic waste that kills poor Melvin in the movie. Or, well, it doesn't kill him, but mutates him in the movie. Right. So, you're gonna get a 16-ounce cup put about eight boba balls in fill the cup fill the glass up about one-fourth of the way with gin fill the rest of it uh, to about three-fourths filled with club soda put a splash of grenadine and a splash of lime juice and then this is where it gets somewhat dangerous so you need to be careful especially if you've never handled dry ice before so what you're gonna want to do with the dry ice is put it in a is like you're gonna want to put it in your sink you're gonna want to use gloves and chisel away at it to make small cubes and those small cubes are not gonna last very long not being attached to the entire thing so you're going to want to chip them off and put them into this drink immediately and it'll make it bubble and fizz and um you know smoke so it'll look just like the toxic waste from the movie and you can add as much gin or anything that you want and uh, the boba balls are optional i guess i like the they're kind of they're kind they're kind of fun because you can see them bouncing around in there and it looks cool um but yeah that's pretty much it oh uh, and sorry when you're putting the dry ice in please use tongs like yeah. do, do not do not pick up dry ice like that is not a thing you should do ever right yeah if you don't have ice tongs already then you're not running a good home bar i'm just gonna put that out there it's a must-have tool right because this 
this is mostly used like in uh, Halloween drinks, to, you know, like make it look like it's like boiling or something like that. But really, it's cold as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, so it does have a practical purpose here. So, you know, and you, what I found was fun was to kind of play with the uh, the grenadine and the lime juice to get, like, a really gross color. So, like, you can, put some, you can put some lime juice in there and, you know, make it a little more green and then put, like, just a little bit of red to get some, you know, blood going in there. Like, you just make it look gross because this movie is disgusting and you should feel disgusting while drinking this. But it's also really fun. It is tons of fun. I think this is one of the more ambitious cocktails that we've done. Uh, I can't wait to try it for myself. Uh, definitely going to have to go on a little bit of a quest to find some boba balls and dry ice, but it's doable. And uh, yeah, do I you, like that. Do you Good have job. A, do you have an S-Mart near you? Like uh, the little Korean uh, supermarket? Uh, I have many, many types of Asian supermarket near me, but I don't know that I have an S-Mart. Oh, okay. Well, if you have like a like a Korean um, supermarket near you, you should be able to find boba balls pretty easy. Okay. Okay. I never really thought about that before. I guess you could put gummy bears in there too if you want to be weird. Yeah, I don't know about then, that. I stick with boba balls are probably easier to get with the straw hell yeah <laughs> all right so that is toxic wasted i hope you guys enjoy i hope you get what the fuck is that awful smell hey, hey, hey it's me frank synopsis i should have fucking known who let you in where's john what did you do with him you say let in like i need to be let in by anybody but myself uh, i guess you are an adult and you could be places you want to be all i'm saying is i'm putting a lock on that door adult, but since you're nominally. here <laughs> All right, so what's going on this week, Frank? Well, I've just come in from visiting my old stomping grounds. I mean, I don't like to admit it, as many people in New York would not, but I am uh, actually not from New York City. I am uh, from New Jersey. Yeah, Hoboken, right? No, uh, Tromaville. Oh, okay, so uh, you hail from Tromaville. Uh, is that near, like, uh, Red Bank? Newark. Newark, okay. Tromaville. I guess it would make sense that you, of all people, are from Tromaville. Um, how does one uh, move out of Tromaville? Do you get to? Like, what? what's, like, the... Do people live to be very old in Tromaville? They generally do not. I gotta say, most of my uh, contemporaries that I grew up with, do uh, they're not around anymore. Uh, lots of bad things mm -hmm. happen there. But uh, as far as getting out of Tromaville goes, uh, there aren't really any buses that go to and from. Uh, we don't have those types of luxuries in Tromaville, but uh, there are a lot, of, a lot of dump trucks, a lot of garbage trucks. So if you hop on one on its way out of town when it's empty, you get a free ride out. Oh, okay. So you so you pretty much gotta, like, you know, you gotta be a hop-on because they're not gonna stop for you absolutely i am the best thing to come out of new jersey on a garbage truck since bruce springsteen <laughs> is bruce springsteen also from Tromaville? no okay all right frank uh, wh why don't you tell me about the toxic avenger um the uh, much like you are the mickey mouse of this podcast uh toxie is definitely the mickey mouse of trauma so why don't you tell me about your heritage all right, let's get into it. The beautiful, corrupt, toxic, waste-filled city of Tromaville, New Jersey never knew what hit it. A young, unassuming nerd named Melvin is pranked at his work and falls into a barrel of toxic waste. He experiences a painful metamorphosis and emerges strong, courageous, and a hero to all, much like Betty White, who was a totally ripping 62 years old at the time. Melvin uses his newfound powers to clean up the streets of Tromaville, in a strictly metaphorical sense, battling street thugs, crooked politicians, and even his former bullies. The town is divided on how to handle the wave of vigilante justice, and Melvin must keep those that he loves safe 
from Retribution. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's almost like you were there to live it. It's almost like I was. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll see you next week, Frank. All right. Here, here, take this with you. I know times are hard. There's a lot of there's a lot of things going on in the news these days, and I just want you to have this beer. Th- this beer. Uh, yes, what, you got to keep yourself safe it? from the uh, from the Cerveza virus. Oh, okay. Uh, the Cerveza virus is that like the coronavirus, or is it this a new strain? I am only aware of a virus that can only be cured by drinking beer. Uh, that that is just thirst. That is if just I can't thirst live through and alcoholism. It, if I can't live through it, nobody can live through it. That is true. Frank, you look really good for 183 years. So, thank you, and uh, we're going to send you on your way now so we can get on with the podcast. Alright, I'll get the bus. Alrighty. <laughs> All right, John. Tell me about tell tell me about the Toxic Avenger. Tell me tell me how this bullshit made. How the uh, disgusting fucking sausage is made. Um, yeah. D- did you get really into like Modelo? There's like Modelo? a whole like case of Modelo outside. Uh, Frank thinks it'll help us. Um, instead of you know giving us some Germex or some masks, he has decided that if we just drink enough beer, maybe we will be safe from the Cerveza virus. A Cerveza virus? What the fuck is the Cerveza virus? It's Frank, don't ask. <laughs> I know you're not okay. in here to hear what we're talking about, but it is it, it is always fucking stupid. Yeah, I really love this fictional room that we've set up for ourselves. Like, we're gonna break the fourth wall for a second, so... <laughs> yeah, we, we, we act like we have, like, a studio space, when in fact, we are in two completely different states, and that is podcast magic. It's a lot like movie magic, but it's a lot easier to set up. <laughs> we could take this out if we too. No, it's staying in. It's staying in. It's just, it's gone up for so long and we just pretend for this part only that we're in the same room. <laughs> so, The Toxic Avenger was filmed in 1983. It had a small release in New York City in 1984 and was generally available by, like, 1986-ish. Not really, like, a linear timeline, like, as you would expect with other movies where it's just, like, major release, wide release, home video. It's it's not exactly like that. No, it, I mean, in movies like this that have to kind of, like, garner an audience are always going to be like that. Yeah, in, yeah. It, this one definitely had to earn its audience. But and boy did it. it and boy did it. It, it. This really set it off. Like, th- this changed the game. In a sense, yeah. Um, directed by Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Herz, of course, the founders of Troma Entertainment uh, were hands-on with this film. Uh, produced by Stuart Strutton, Lloyd Kaufman, and Michael Herz, and written by Joe Ritter and Lloyd Kaufman. So, uh, Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Herz really did go down to the bone with this film. They are... Th- yeah, <laughs> I have nothing else to say. Like, they they definitely wanted to be hands-on with this one. Like, there's some other trauma movies where they, they kind of have, like, only, like, an executive producer role or, like, you know, maybe, like, a small writing credit or a cameo. This is, uh, this is definitely their baby. Like, this seems like the one that they hold dearest to their heart. Like, I, I don't know what mix of, like, cocaine and angel dust they did to make this movie, but, uh, it was a good one. <laughs> Now, here's a question for you, Zach. Does this qualify The Toxic Avenger as an auteur film? Uh, why do you ask me these questions? I, I, mean, I mean, by definition, is it technically yes. an auteur film? By definition, yes. Do I want to admit that? Absolutely fucking not. 
Understandable. So, uh, like many trauma movies, this one it was low budget. Uh, had a budget of about a half million dollars, and it earned back about eight hundred thousand dollars, which is not bad considering the benchmark set by organizations like Trauma. Right. Like we we've talked about this kind of on the podcast before. Like specifically with Trauma, that like think about it this way: they pretty much make movies for five dollars to make ten dollars. Yeah. Like. That, that's essentially what they do. Like, as long as they make a little bit back, that will fund the next movie. And eventually, if that, like, trend keeps continuing, they should make money at some point. At some point. So, it, it's pretty ingenious. So, like, let's say they make, like, 300000 extra from this one. Then they can put, like, 600000 into the next movie. And if that one makes, like, you know, another 100000 or whatever, they can put a little more and then a little more and then a little more. And then eventually, Troma will at some point make a million dollar movie. So the movie stars Mitch Cohen as Toxie, uh, actually also appears in Clerks. Yeah, he is a, um, don't get excited, he's not like a main character. He's like a, uh, he's like a background character, pretty much. He is credited on IMDb as Leaning on Wall. Yeah, so he is like, um, I can't remember, I really can't remember how he got in there, but, because I I should know this, because Clerks is like pretty much one of my favorite movies. Like, I have like five movies that I go to that are my favorite and that's one of them but i i couldn't tell you like he's in the angry mob scene where like the chua lee's guy is uh you know getting ousted from the quickie mart or the quick stop jesus christ people are gonna fucking hammer my ass for getting that one wrong um anyway it's the quick stop right so he 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 is a non-speaking role let, let, let's just leave it at that right right uh so toxie's voice is actually done by kenneth kessler who is a voice actor um of reaching the end of his career at the time so it's kind of surprising that he would end up in a movie like this but uh, it worked out, and I think that's one of the most striking things about Toxie as a character is his over-the-top, like, superhero voice. Hello, fair citizen. Yeah. I will help you. <laughs> Shit like that, yeah. Uh, Mark Torgel plays uh, Melvin Ferd third. Um, he's, he's a weird-looking dude, and he actually has, a like, an expansive list of things that he has done in entertainment, uh, most notably as a TV editor, uh, working, I, I want to say, mostly for ABC. Yeah, that, that's what I found, and that's really cool. He definitely looks like uh the way that i imagine napoleon dynamite in real life would look yeah he's like a small slippery napoleon dynamite and like he like everything in this movie is just turned up to the grossest amount that it could be and like he he does legitimately look like a disgusting person in this movie he does just like everybody else like everybody looks disgusting yeah before and after the transformation he's still a sight to behold just god like this (laughs) Like, oh, he has this voice. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. He is marketed as a nerd, and he plays the part. Ugh, I'm a nerd. I don't know what boobies feel like. Yeah, that's pretty much his entire personality. Um, that Andrew that is Mar- the entirety of the movie. <laughs> yes. Andrea Miranda played Sarah, which is the <laughs> girlfriend of Toxie, um, after Transformation, of course. Uh, she actually was dating a production supervisor for this film, but won the role in an audition independent of that fact. Fun fact for all of you out there, uh, big Andrea Miranda fan um i i have no idea who she is (laughs) right 
No one she, she's she seems to be good in this movie though she did a really good job i thought she was actually blind like the way she had her eyes yeah um fun fact on that uh there's a point in the film where toxie puts like a traffic cone or something on his head and she looks at him and laughs completely ignoring the fact that she is blind that is that is horrifying i didn't notice that yeah i think it's the only time in the movie that it happens and i didn't notice it either until i did the research and looked back at like shots from the scene and was like oh my god how did i miss <laughs> she, that she she is she is definitely not blind for one scene. She she can only see for one moment, and then she still chooses to be with Toxie. And I think it, there's something beautiful about that. Right. Uh, it's actually one of the things about the film that I really appreciate is the relationship between Toxie and Sarah. Like they are perfect for each other, and it is kind of adorable, even though it's also disgusting. And they literally live in a toxic waste dump. Right. But she does she know that? Like I I can't tell if she knows. Love is blind. Love is blind, and sometimes your lover is blind. Yeah. And sometimes you love her blindly <laughs> anyway love and justice are blind let's move on <laughs> uh you know i think that the citizens of tromville would have a major issue with that last statement there uh, justice in tromville is for sure not blind and we'll we'll get to some of that later the film was shot on location in new jersey uh coincidentally it's actually where tromville is located like fictionally speaking new jersey is just tromaville like actually now that i think about it i've been to new jersey a couple times since i moved to pennsylvania and uh yeah now now i have a thing to call new jersey when i have to go there tromaville all right i, I like guess it. we're gonna have to go to tromaville they should have a tromaville amusement park in new jersey hey and it should just have... be the whole state of new jersey yeah of course it's if they can have a wizard of Ozland in north carolina they can have a tromaville in new jersey oh hell yeah like you can meet toxie yeah and that's it <laughs> Yeah, of course. Uh, you can, and he's uh, just a real person. He just yeah, lives there. You can uh, acquire a litany of medical problems. <laughs> while you're Welcome to Troma. Welcome to Troma Land. You now have HPV, A, B, and C. Oh my God! Here we go. <laughs> Uh, Lloyd Coffin was actually inspired to make the Toxic Avenger after working on set of Rocky as a pre-production supervisor. Yeah, so in 1976, uh, Lloyd Kaufman was like, what if I did Rocky, but it sucked? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I kind of like uh, Toxie's voice better than Rocky's voice, though. Hello, Rocky. Uh, when you doing a taxi, come over here on the other side of New Jersey. I, I live on Pennsylvania. It's kind of like New Jersey, except it's, you know, clean. Yeah, yes, but in New Jersey, we have better people. I, I don't know about all that. You gotta live out there. You got, like, Jersey Shore. You guys got, like, uh, uh basically Donald Trump. I, 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 I like Donald Trump myself, but, you know, that's, like, that's just a me thing. <laughs> I don't even know where we're going with that. Yeah, so if Troma Films was founded in 1974 and Rocky was released in 1976, that means that he would have had to have been doing both at the same time so i wonder if he was actually living as a bum on the street when he did the role of bum on the street in rock i mean i would believe it like because trauma was a thing when he did this right like he it, like it they did make a couple of movies when he did rocky and, and I think that's actually where we first introduced Troma to uh, our audience if they were uh, unindoctored, as I yes. was. Right, because he does make a cameo appearance, and he was a production supervisor on the film. Yeah, which is just Krizay's balls. Yeah, Krizay's like, this, it's balls. a small world. It's a small, small, small 
disgusting world that Lloyd Kaufman lives in. Yes. Speaking of disgusting world, uh, the working title was Health Club Horror, and uh, it was intended to be like a horror film that was just centered around a health club, and that was pretty much it. Like, inspired by Rocky and how... I want to say that they have a health club there, or they talk about a health club, something like that. He saw that, and then he saw, like, an editorial saying, like, the horror movie is dead, and he was like, huh, I bet I could do a health club horror movie, and just did it, and then we got this, because I, I don't even know if I would really consider the Toxic Avenger to be a horror movie. Um, if anything, it's a body horror movie, and it's not really that scary, it's just kind of like a, they, they definitely built, like, a little world here, where, like, the bullies actually kill people. Oh, yeah. And, like, th there seems to be no consequences for anything. Yeah, uh, this is the closest to anarchy that we will see in film. Like, forget the purge. I, this is what anarchy is like. I, I do have to say, like, the, the, it, like libertarians, uh, you might want to uh, look into moving to Tromaville. Th this is pure anarchy. <laughs> this is pure anarchy. Vermin Supreme would love it. Um... <laughs> Oh man, Bob Bob Burr is just, th this is where he disappeared after he lost <laughs> the presidential election. Right, this is some grade A Lincoln Chaffee bullshit. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Alright, so the movie wasn't really widely distributed enough to garner attention from the mainstream critics, and there weren't really a lot of critics to review the movie, but what they got were mixed, to say the least, um, and some people just mm -hmm. said it was disgusting. Like, this is a trashy movie, I can't believe that I watched it. Uh, most people were willing to go that far with it. Right, like, it's... <sighs> If you are faint of heart, this is not a movie for you. No. Now, if you just want to be entertained, the, 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 you couldn't pro you could probably find better movies than this one, but it it is still fun in a way. Like just because it, from one scene to the next, you don't know what disgusting thing is going to happen next, especially upon a first view, like I had. Yeah. It's it keeps you on the edge of your seat a little bit, but in, like, the worst way possible. Like, almost like the entire time, like, you, you just have your hand on the pause button on the remote because you're afraid your mom's gonna walk in. Like, it feels like that. If you want to remember what that feels like, watch this movie. Yeah, this is definitely one of those movies. Uh, Toxic Avenger won its cult stardom after a successful run in 1985 as a midnight movie at the Bleecker Street Cinema. It was like an art house theater in like the Greenwich Village in New York City. It briefly reopened as a uh, gay adult film theater for a year and closed in 1991. Uh, that is interesting. That's definitely interesting um, because the Plaza Theater had a similar thing uh, in Atlanta. Did you ever go oh, to really? the Plaza? I didn't actually go to the Plaza. I passed by it all the time when I was living there though. Yeah, the Plaza is awesome. If you guys live in Atlanta, go to the Plaza Theater to see a movie sometime. It is definitely an experience. I'm gonna have to go next time I go back or sometime in the near future, I guess. If for no other reason than just to see something cool. Yeah, I think they actually play the Toxic Avenger at least once a year. Year. Ooh, well, I definitely want to see it there. Despite oh, hell yeah. the lack, oh. Despite the lack of initial success, the film became like a cult success and has like three sequels now. And I I think maybe the most surprising thing about this film is how hard people are willing to defend it. Like, especially when it comes <laughs> to like internet reviews. It currently holds a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb and a Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter score of 70%. To put that into perspective, The Joker with Joaquin Phoenix currently holds a 68% tomato meter score on Rotten Tomatoes. That is insane. I, I mean, I, I, I think I enjoyed this movie more than I did The Joker, but I mean, it, it's definitely like a, um, this, if you're going to watch one campy, like, horrible movie, like, this is pretty much the film equivalent of the KFC donut chicken sandwich. Oh, 
Like, th this is that. So if you're going to indulge in something like that, this is not a bad movie to go with. And honestly, like, if I were going to say one film should be put into the National Archives for being historically relevant, like, as far as camp goes, I, I, th th it would be hard to argue with this one. Yeah. Because Rocky Horror Picture Show is already there for other reasons. Right. But so, this one, I don't know. I don't know. There, 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 I guess it would be hard. It would be hard to say that you could put this in the National Archives especially considering some of the um, homosexual content, I guess, like, or anti-homosexual content that's in this movie. Yeah, there's a little bit out there. Um, it's not, like, a central focus, I don't think. Uh, I, I think they spend a little bit more time on some other issues, but they don't really go hard on anything more than the other, I, I think, in my estimation. Um, but since you mentioned camp, and this being an example of camp, why don't we take this time to get into that? Let, let's go camping, if you will. Let's talk about <laughs> camp films. So... We've talked about Campy in the past. I want to say that we touched on this when we did the Wicker Man review, and we talked about, like, what is Campy, what counts as Campy, what doesn't count as Campy, why is it that way, and when does it stop being Campy and start being just a bad movie? Um, the, it, it's a very fine line to draw. So, to me, in order for something to be Campy, like, it, there's a certain aesthetic there. And, and this movie definitely keeps with that aesthetic like you like rocky horror picture show has an aesthetic to it this has an aesthetic to it um it's definitely something where it's either so bad that it's played for laughs or it's done so intentionally and it's bad so that makes it fun right so you don't think that there's any like serious film that could be considered campy um i, I think or the best the best example of this is the room because it was made entirely seriously like right. uh tommy Wiseau made that film with uh, uh, like the utmost like seriousness and severity and it, it it's trash like it's like it's a horrible movie <laughs> But that's what makes it fun to watch. That's what campy is to me. Or like, you know, like um, another good example would be uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space, directed by Ed Wood. Ah, uh, yes. That is campy. Because it's just so bad that it's laughable. Or it's so bad that it then becomes entertaining just to see how bad it gets. Like, have, have you ever just been watching a movie that's so, like, horrible but you can't look away? Oh, yeah, all the time. It's one of my favorite things. Right. And like, a lot of, like, cringe humor get plays in here. And just things like that so like anything that's like big boisterous like played up for laughs or like i said is um ironically funny mm -hmm. that that is what camp is like it but i don't think that you can purposefully make a bad movie because then it's just bad you know what i'm saying right so if you were to take a movie like a uh, scary movie and put that out there that is not camp even though it, you could call it bad it's really just like a lowbrow comedy whereas this right was well trauma's kind of unique in that they know exactly what they're doing and still manage to succeed in making camp films well it's because they know who their audience is that that's a particular thing like trauma is a little different right and like that's they make mixed... they, they make poor like poorly conceptual and like for just everything because they know they know that's what their audience wants that's what they're coming to them for so they've kind of like made a niche for themselves right and this kind of makes me ask another question which is how do companies like trauma continue to actually succeed without real commercial success because commercial success is not really like you don't have to have that to be successful in the film industry anymore like literally anybody can make a movie with their phone like it's, it's so easy now like you could shoot edit and release a film 
all from your iPhone. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I mean, I like guess even, it is. even think like when we were born, I mean, I know I'm going to sound like a super millennial here, but like when you and I were born, that was not possible. Like you had to like get a film camera. You had to edit like the film. You had to put it on reels and you had to distribute it. Now I can make a full hour and a half movie shot, recorded, edited, and released on my phone. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about how technology works like that. I remember mm -hmm. back uh, in like middle school when we would make video projects uh, for class and we had a digital camcorder that was a pain in the ass to use. And even that was cutting edge at the time. Like that was digital for home video. Right. And <laughs> I still can't believe your dad let us use that thing. Oh, those yeah. things were expensive. They were expensive for a little while there. And they used those little DVD diskette things. Oh, yeah, that was horrible. Like, whoever came up with that, you should die. <laughs> a little extreme, but okay, I'll entertain it. I mean, like, especially when, like, you could just hook up AV cables to it. Like, back in the day of AV cables. Yeah. Dude, my TV that I just bought doesn't even have AV cables on. Seriously? You'd have to get, like, an HDMI to AV adapter then. Yeah, I'll have to. I mean, like, it has the audio, but it doesn't have the video port. Weird. So it's like, yeah, so, I don't know. Like, I, I guess they're like, fuck your VCR. But someone has to have made a VCR that has an HDMI, like, cable hookup already in it. I'm right? sure that they have. Either that or you could rig one yourself if you needed to. Either way, I mean, it is crazy to see just how far we have come from that. And going back and watching right. other people's attempts at low-budget film or even, like, homemade film from this time period is crazy when you look at YouTube and how people are literally doing the same thing today, like you said, with an iPhone. Like, you don't even really need a computer to do it. You can totally do it just from your phone. Right, like, it's... And that's how, like, people succeed in doing this now. It's not just trauma it's other people just on youtube or you know wherever they're making it like i mean e even music you can make music from your phone now like That's um true. for example uh, i forget which gorillas album it is but it was entirely done on an ipad like from record like recording vocals making the backing tracks everything was done on an ipad this movie is maybe best known for its fantastic low budget effects and uh, like so many other things that trauma has done are like this and because of it being so low budget, it's not very well documented. And sometimes the only way that we have to get information is by going to the source. And Lloyd Kaufman is still around and he's still very active in filmmaking. And he has his own website. And the information that he puts out on there is dubious to say the least. And he knows it. He does this on purpose because he's funny. Like if you ever watch an interview with this guy, he is hilarious and jarring to a fault. Like he, I can't even describe him. He is so over the top. And on his personal website I was able to find a little bit of information about his special effects practices like what they have done in the past to make effects that look good and hold up but did not cost that much and just to give you an example of the disinformation that he puts out for laughs he said that Poultrygeist Night of the Chicken Dead a trauma film costs 30 million dollars for special effects that film had a budget of five hundred thousand dollars known fact <laughs> and it also had a box office return of twenty two thousand dollars known fact so they spent way more to make that than they got back oh absolutely like exponentially almost like it is like ugh, i could not imagine imagine spending 500 dollars to build something and selling it for 22 bucks yeah exactly like that that has to be how that feels but i'm sure they have these every once in a while where it just doesn't work and they just don't get it where it's supposed to go oh yeah absolutely um so knowing that he did put out some recipes for effects that you could use 
at home. Uh, allow me to walk you through some of them, if you will. Okay, let's go. I, I'm ready for this. I love learning how to make low-budget effects. Yeah, so uh, fake blood. This is clearly something that appears in a lot of low-budget movies, especially stuff like this, or horror films, and gore films, like stuff like that. It's a necessity. He says that the primary ingredients are going to be carrot syrup and food coloring. Clearly, you're going to use red for blood. Um, but that you're going to have to put other things in it to suit your application. For instance, he said that carrot syrup may gum up a tube if you're using it to apply the blood, or a fire extinguisher if you're using that to apply the blood and to dilute it accordingly. Who the fuck puts fake blood in a fire extinguisher? You know who? Lloyd Kaufman. That's who. I mean, that's kind of ingenious, though. Like, if you wanted to get, like, a bunch of splatter everywhere in, like, a room, like, that is a great way to do it. I guess, but I, I just, when you're doing that and you s stop and you think, why am I putting all this fake blood in a fire extinguisher container? I mean, mm. I'm sure he has to have little moments like that every day. Like, you know, like, you have you ever been, like, stuck in the middle of an idea and then like while you're doing it you're like why the fuck am i yeah yeah this is probably one of those things you're probably right so it has to be the next one is the meltdown. So the idea behind this is that you can get like some crazy like foaming goo to shoot out of someone's mouth. Um, and his recipe for this is to use water and green food coloring. Put it directly in the actor's mouth. Along with bromo seltzer. Right in the actor's mouth. Don't let them swallow it. What is bromo seltzer? I think it's like a fizzing compound that when mixes with water it does like an Alka-Seltzer type thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Why can't you swallow it though? I don't know. I guess they just didn't want him swallowing all that green food coloring. Coloring, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't care, frankly. Okay, fair enough. I guess if you are um part of their troop, because they do have a troop. Do they? Yeah, they do. Like, they have a... um Troma has a um recurring cast. Okay. Like, especially in their newer movies, like, they have a troop. So I'm sure that they are all very well aware of what they're getting into when they go there. That's... that's Yeah, I can definitely see how that goes. This next one makes an appearance in The Toxic Avenger, and it's something that they've done many times since, and that is the crushed head effect. So, if you remember anything about the movie, you'll remember this disturbing and disgusting scene where someone's head gets run over by a car. It, and and it is also just to note a child. It is. And it is way over the top, and this is how they did that. Um, you They filled up a cantaloupe melon that was hollowed out with hamburger meat, cranberry sauce, and some of that fake blood we were talking about earlier. Put a wig on it and smashed it. I guess a watermelon would have been too thick. Yes, that's exactly what he said. He said, don't use a watermelon because it is too thick. Oh, wow. I'm really upset that I had the same line of thought as Lloyd Kaufman. <laughs> yeah, I... <sighs> There's a lot there. There's a lot going on, I guess. So the last one is very trauma and very unique. Uh, this effect is known as chicken in the ass. Um, that just sounds like a fun Friday night. How do you do that? Okay, so this is a direct quote from Lloyd Kaufman's website. Naturally, your movie will have at least one scene where someone is killed by being stabbed up the ass by a chicken. Most films do these days. To achieve the effect, simply cut a rubber chicken in half, attach the rear to the actor's ass, and stick the head of the chicken out of the actor's fly. Run tubes through both ends so that the blood comes squirting out of the chicken's mouth and anus. Ted Raimi was killed in this manner during Tales from the Crapper, spawning legions of copycat effect. Except no substitutes, however. Only Troma's chicken in the ass is approved by both the ASPCA and the ACLU, end quote. Who is this man? <laughs> 
I told you earlier that he's just so over the top in absolutely everything he does and says. He is a treat to watch, but he is a lot to watch. I I just want I, I want to do an interview with him. Let's get Lloyd Kaufman on the podcast. You know what? He may actually do it. He's done things like that before. Oh yeah. I, I mean I'm sure he's busy, but if anybody who listens knows Lloyd Kaufman, get him on here. We would love to talk to him for at least 15 hours. Oh yeah, definitely. 15 hour minimum. So let's talk a little bit about the legacy of the Toxic Avenger. This is a film that is held near and dear to the hearts of people. I've seen people with Toxic Avenger tattoos. I've seen people with like Mm -hmm. full wall decorations of toxic avenger like murals i've seen tons of stuff so this movie is not a standalone film as mentioned previously it has three follow-on films which are the toxic avenger part two the toxic avenger part three the last temptation of toxie and citizen toxie the toxic avenger four just how much further does this story carry i don't know because i haven't seen them all the way through i think i saw part two and maybe some of part three but i don't remember it a lot because i was watching a lot of movies like this at the time and they all kind of blend together as time goes yeah i I get what you're saying like once you you get one of these movies you kind of get a taste for them and you just want to see more and more and more and then eventually it's just all awful and you realize that your taste in movies has just been squandered yeah yeah you're you're right this movie was also kind of notorious uh some of the people that were in the movie ended up leaving or were put in really like awkward situations while filming uh for instance patrick kilpatrick who plays leroy in the mexican restaurant scene the guy with all the face paint and the gun um he actually quit the film after they made him point the prop shotgun directly at a baby (laughs) which i get it i mean i don't know what he expected working with trauma but uh i I get it i get how that could be unsettling for somebody to be filmed doing i mean it's not real no no it's not but the idea there is very over the top i mean i get it i get not wanting to be associated with this especially if you want to have like a more serious and more fulfilling acting career yeah i don't think he did yeah and so if you know that this is gonna be like the one movie you're in like why not like put the shotgun in the baby's mouth who cares speaking of the only film they were in larry sultan who plays frank another guy in the mexican restaurant scene was an actual amputee and in the scene toxie actually rips his arm off (laughs) so they got this man who only has one arm to put on a prosthetic arm (laughs) do the scene and then have the arm ripped off by toxie i they are kings of poor taste my friend like if you expected anything less i i don't know what to tell you yeah and if you notice like in the scene he really doesn't move or use the arm for anything at all so, uh, I, I guess, but I didn't really expect there to be an actual amputee playing that part. I mean, hey man, in my mind, it's like th- they gave that guy a job. And it was a job that only he could do. And it was so, the only I mean, time he was in a movie. Hey man, I mean, I, I hope he made some money out of it. Because, I mean, otherwise that just sounds humiliating. Right, and uh, I didn't hear anything about that side of it. I don't know if there's that information's out there or not. Who knows? Maybe it's lost the time. Again, not very well documented. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, I mean, there's worse things. Yeah, you could point a shotgun at a baby. (laughs) Ah, I mean, babies kind of deserve it, though, right? No comment. (laughs) No comment. Jennifer Baptiste and Robert Pritchard, who played Wanda and Slug in the movie, actually fell in love on set of the film and had a relationship that was later on turned into a marriage and subsequently divorced. I I wonder if it was because at some point they realized, we got married because we met on this movie. I don't ever want to see you again. Yeah, they did okay in the movie, I guess. I 
I guess they got killed by Toxie. Who? I mean, everybody gets killed by Toxie. Yeah, like, most people do die in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's kind of like Game of Thrones, except if Game of Thrones was even weirder. And more disgusting. Hey, at least this movie has no incest. That's So, it does true. have a leg up on Game of Thrones in that sense. Interesting. You know what? I like your angle. Uh, Toxic Avenger, better than Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, morally, l- morally less questionable than Game of Thrones. <laughs> Right. Let's not go better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 2008, the Toxic Avenger rock musical was actually produced and debuted at the George Street Playhouse in New Brunswick, New Jersey, um, directed by John Rando and had uh, follow-on performances worldwide. So, fun fact for all you musical lovers out there, there is a Toxic Avenger musical. I love the Toxic Avenger musical. I I actually, it was, I almost auditioned to be in a Toxic Avenger musical. When was this? This was in college. It was um, in... Athens and I was staying with a friend in Athens at the time and I was like why the fuck not but then I ended up uh, getting really high that day and I did not go to the audition um this is done by a company that kind of does a lot of these like they also did a Evil Dead musical and the Evil Dead musical is also pretty great okay I see so knowing that and knowing that it can be made into a musical, this really just cements in my mind that Escape to Margaritaville is commercially viable. No. <laughs> I mean, how could we the, not the, have... Okay, here's, here's the difference, Sean. Here's the difference. The Toxic Avenger and the Evil Dead have a big fan base around them, and if you do the show, like, in a small budget, and you do it in those, in, like, towns where people will flock to them, like New York City, or Philadelphia, or Atlanta, or LA, you know, like, places where people might actually go see these things, you can make a profit off of doing a property that, like, is not, like, a big property, like, let's say, Rocky, or uh, Back to the Future, which there needs to be a Back to the future musical how have we not done that yet back to the um, back to the shut the fuck up um (laughs) i i I reject that i reject your statement um um but like you can actually do that escape to margaritaville failed just tremendously because a a lot of like if you're gonna put something on a broadway stage not a lot of people that are going to see broadway musicals want to hear jimmy buffett musical like they should not have staged this in new york city they should have staged this in fucking miami i see what you mean i think that could have been uh better but again point still stands it could have been commercially viable under the right circumstances it i definitely think it could have because like having watched some bootleg things of escape to margaritaville just out of curiosity of course like i'm going to throw out a few key terms here and i mean nothing by them so if you're listening to this and it offends you i am not meaning for it to offend you it is like baby boomer escapism like sonata like that is that is essentially what is baby boomer like, escapist sonata it is it is so hardcore boomerfied that it that it hurts like this is like it, I, I can't even describe it. Like, this is like, Escape to Margaritaville is like someone, like a baby boomer who's tired of working his office job and listens to like that Alan Jackson, Jimmy Buffett song, It's Five O'Clock Somewhere Way Too Much. Uh-huh, me. That That is, they would come up with this movie. Like, it almost, it almost seems like a fantasy. Like, it is somehow a fantasy musical based around the music of Jimmy Buffett, and I think that if there was a god, he would have ended the earth after that. But here we all are, and here there is being no god. (laughs) Hot takes on For Your Information. Um, Margaritaville is here, and apparently uh, there is no uh, higher power. Apparently. (laughs) If Jesus loved you, he would not let that happen. (laughs) I 
I, I have many problems with this idea, especially because it's based around a the existence of a Margaritaville musical. Margar- you know what? Fuck it. If you're going to do all of that, there might as well be a Margaritaville-verse. Like, why can't every Jimmy Buffett song have its own musical or its own movie? Why the fuck not? So saith the parrot, so saith the flock. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Well, let's move on I then. Hate this. Let's move on to our final point of the legacy of the Toxic Avenger by introducing everybody to the Toxic Crusaders television series. This is great. I love that this happened. Yeah. So apparently, this was more common than we're led to believe. But uh, yeah, in 1991, there was a spin-off kids cartoon series called the Toxic Crusaders, which, uh, as far as I understand it, was really just like Super Friends with Toxie at the head of the group. I love it. The toxic, the toxic crusaders almost sounds like it should have been in Bible Man. Do you remember Bible Man? Um, yes, and I think that the toxic crusader would also be a good like slang term for someone who just rants and raves on people's Facebook posts. Yes, completely agreed. Yeah, so yeah. it had thirteen episodes, and uh, there were actually other franchises that did this, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, one example being like Rambo: The Force for Freedom, which was far more prolific. It had like sixty-one something episodes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to make them like a te- animated television show out of something that maybe only a million people have seen. Yeah, but I think maybe. the premise was uh, easy to do for kids. I think that, uh, again, if Garbage Pail Kids can exist, the Toxic Crusaders can exist. They should exist in the same universe. Maybe they do. We will never know. Right. It also does blow my mind to know that there is a Rambo Kids cartoon series. Um, I, From what I understand, it's pretty good. Like, I mean, like, remember, like, when we were kids, like, every, like, big blockbuster movie had its own animated television show? Yeah. Like, uh, Godzilla, fucking Men in Black, like, everything. But none of them were as good as Static Shock, so fuck all of them. What about Ozzy and Drix? Oh, God. You're making me remember fucking Osmosis Jones. Get the fuck out of here. Dude, it was a good tv series that one was on for a long time there were ozzy and drix episodes i want to say for like years yeah that one was pretty big like i i do have to admit and i mean i guess it's a good concept because you could teach kids about like the human body and stuff so like as far as that goes it's good but just in pure concept alone just like get fuck out of here with that shit what even was kids w what was that yeah, I. They had Yu Gi Oh for a little bit. They had, uh, I want to say they had Pokemon too. Like, I don't remember watching WB Kids all that much. I don't know if it just wasn't on the cable plan that we had or whatever, but I, I saw it in other places and was like, man, I got to figure out how I can watch this because I was nine years old and I wanted to watch Yu Gi Oh or something. And, uh, I, it never happened. And then Static Shock moved to like Cartoon Network and I was like, oh yeah, Static Shock. I remember Static Shock. And then I watched it and I'm like, this is like the most okay superhero. You fucking take that back. I will. I would literally trade every other superhero movie for one Static Shock. Okay, I see and where it, you're coming and from. It doesn't even have to be good. I think that Static Shock is uh, better than most conventional superheroes, in fairness. And I'm not even hating on superheroes because I think superheroes have their time and place, but I think that Static Shock is better than Superman uh, on principle. Like, his his character, he's more dynamic, he's got more to say, he's got a more interesting backstory. Like, everything about him is better. Uh, I think he's better than Batman because he's not like a weird deranged man 
with billions of dollars literally living in a cave and like I, I, there's so much wrong with those types of characters that Static Shock looks really good. I think that Toxie has a lot of potential frankly because he has again interesting story arc, great backstory, uh, very recognizable appearance. I, it's, it's just like it's a win-win-win. I don't see how he wasn't a slam dunk in this environment because he was no match for the majesty and the mystique of shaolin showdown shaolin showdown uh, can we talk about shaolin showdown for a second <laughs> i <laughs> i i don't remember any of it other than it had the little uh bald kid and he was yellow for no reason it is literally and like, a, and like a, a cowboy character like where, do, where how i don't even remember what the premise of that show was i just remember liking it and i think that says a lot <laughs> it is literally avatar meets captain plant that's that's what it is like so you have uh the martial arts you have the elemental like we're gonna call it magic right so there's like elemental magic and martial arts and there's like a big story arc and there's like high profile villains that are reoccurring characters like that all is avatar they are intentionally selected for their race which is problematic in its own way to represent a rainbow of people just like they are on captain planet and they just smashed those two ideas together they basically just took captain planet and made a kung fu movie out of it and gave them elemental magic and we're like this is cool so what you're saying is it's if someone put avatar and mucha lucha together a similar concept yes i think uh, in fact i think i like mucha lucha a little better than captain planet as a uh you know a stand-in for the idea where is our captain planet movie dc get on it right you're, you're you're not doing anything else make a goddamn captain planet movie we need captain planet more than ever that's what or i'm saying maybe just maybe just make a short where captain planet just goes you fucked this planet up and then leaves i want to see a tournament fighter video game where the toxic avenger cast fights the captain planet cast i I think that that will be a very short fight. I definitely think the Toxic Avenger cast is going to win, hands down. I think so too. Um, they're far better, uh, far less destructible, uh, far less morally principled, frankly. And um, I, I just want to see it. I want to see it happen. I want to see, uh, what is it, Slug? I want to see Slug fight that one kid from the Amazon rainforest. They Jesus both have headbands Christ. and it's going to be confusing when they start moving around real fast, which one is which. I hate all of this. Anyway, uh, I think that's about going to wrap it up for this week john did you have anything else about the toxic adventure to say uh go watch it it's a cool movie it's easy to see it's easy to find um you'll be glad that you did uh just don't eat a bunch of spaghetti beforehand because it's probably coming back up exactly and also to that note the entire toxic adventure series of films including the animated film is on amazon prime so if it's on if you have amazon prime it is free to you and i think amazon should definitely give us some sponsorship money because we are sending people to these niche films on their websites. Yes, we absolutely are. Nothing like sending customers that already pay Amazon to see content that is for free as a subscriber to get business exactly. coming up. <laughs> anyway, for this week on For Your Information, I'm Zach. And I'm John. Have a good week, guys. See a new movie. Bye. So just don't breathe when you're not talking. Okay, I think I can do that. I'm good at not breathing, you know? <laughs> You otherworldly Hank Hill ass motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Basically the Hokage. <laughs> the Hokage. The Hokage of Texas. Bobby, I told you to stop hanging out with that Sasuke. 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 I'm so goddamn kawaii. <laughs>